It's Cookie Lab. Hi, and welcome to Cookie Lab. I'm Jill. And I'm Chris. And this week we are joined by that misunderstood and seldom used ingredient, buckwheat. <laughs> I did not know what you were going to say. Um, Chris, this, this cookie, which contains buckwheat flour, came to me in an email. Really? An unsolicited I, email? It was a, a shopping kind of email. I, I get emails from the King Arthur Flour Company. Oh, how nice. Great. Long time. Many, you know, gosh, we could look it up. Hundreds of years old. Employee-owned business in Vermont that makes great flowers and other baking ingredients and implements. And Sure, sure. Uh, you can go there and visit their um Yep, their they've got facility. a store right there. Yep. Um, yeah, and, it's a good time. And get all kinds of flowers that you've never heard of. Yeah. This email came to me and, and it described it as... This is a cookie for cookie skeptics. Oh. I thought... Is there such a thing? Exactly, Chris. But in any case, it seemed like something worth making. So, it's called Buckwheat Cardamom Chocolate Chunk Cookie. I'm skeptical already. Buckwheat and, and cardamom and chocolate chips? Yeah, chocolate chunks. It's got bittersweet and dark chocolate chunks. And oh, my gosh. I was kind of excited to try it because I've never made anything with buckwheat flour. So buckwheat is, um, I know it as kasha, and I cook it in a savory, you know, dish for my family. Yeah. I didn't know it was something that could be ground into flour and made into cookies. So it also contains cardamom, which is uh, a spice mm -hmm. that they wanted me to use freshly ground. And like, for heaven's sake, you know... Who has the time? I just went in my You're spice cabinet. You're not going to get your cardamom seeds and your mortar and pestle out? And... I mean, maybe. I don't. I, I think well, that first part you of the pandemic. I the think cardamom. that part of the pandemic is over. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I, I went exactly. into my spice cabinet. There was some ground cardamom there. And uh, I did it up. And I'm, I'm psyched to try it. And I'm psyched to hear if you know anything about either of those, you know, slightly more unusual cookie ingredients. Well, as our listeners know, and we don't always talk about it, all of our baked goods are gluten-free. And we usually just substitute one-to-one gluten-free flour. King Arthur or, or makes one. Um, Bob's Red Bob's Mill. Bob's Red Mill. Right. Uh, and, and we're pretty uh, There's even a Pillsbury one that I really like. And we just, we just use those. And we try to stay away from specialty flours. It, we do? And... and well, we have so far. We really haven't gone out and, you know, collected spelt flour uh, okay. to, to, to use it. But um, it's interesting because as we were talking about this cookie before the podcast, I said that I really don't understand why buckwheat doesn't have gluten. You know, buckwheat. So interestingly, it turns out... That buckwheat is not wheat. It's one of those things where the name makes actually no sense. It's not wheat, Chris. No, it's not. It's neither a, a grain. It's neither it's not buck even a grain. nor wheat. It's not a buck, uh, and, nor, and it's not related to wheat in any way. 
it, it turns out that it's a seed rather than a grain, much like corn, which is also gluten-free, uh, <laughs> is, uh, is a seed. So, yeah, we'll have to explore that a little bit more and spend a little bit more time in the science lab uh, figuring out what the what the true difference is. But it has no gluten. Well, the difference the is it's not wheat. Yeah, it, it doesn't have a, a, a gluten protein in it. Uh, so it's it's great to use just just as it is for anybody who has celiac or gluten intolerance. And I'm hoping it's just going to taste real good because I don't have either of those problems. And when King Arthur sends you an, a recipe, I, I, you have no choice. The Knights of the they, Round they Table not would only come and get me, you. <laughs> they sent me the recipe and in the email was a link to buy the ingredients. So <laughs> click, click, click. And interestingly, for some reason, the package was left at my mailbox. Packages are often left on my back porch where my dog... Oh. rips into them, destroys the box and the contents. So in this case, that would have been bad because there was cho dark chocolate wafers oh, yeah. in that box. But no, again, no, just like last week, no labs were harmed Excellent. in the making of this cookie. Excellent. I Are, are we ready to taste it? it sure. It, it looks delicious. It is... Uh, so it looks... it the, the picture... I don't know if you remember episode one when I made an M&M cookie from the New York Times that looked completely unlike the photo in the New York Times. Yeah. Similarly, these are tall. They look like a classic chocolate chip cookie, but in the in the King Ar the gorgeous King Arthur email, it looked flatter, more like your oh, a thin, more chewy, like your ginger molasses type yeah, cookie. Yeah, this looks to me just like uh, the perfect depth large chocolate chip cookie. Yeah, it's a little on the large side. The recipe uh, instructed me to make 12 large cookies. I'm smelling it because I know that cardamom is a very aromatic I'm spice. I'm just eating it. Okay, you eat it. I'll, I'll dig right in. But I can't smell the cardamom on the outside of the cookie. And I can smell the buckwheat. So here we go. It's like a, a bit cakey. You know, for I don't know like, if it's supposed to be. Like, I think it's supposed to be chewy. Chocolate chip cookies. I get that hit, but not terrible. Not not like. I think I might have underbaked it a bit. What do you think? Oh no, not at all. No. Mine is mine is perfectly done all the way through. Uh. Oh my gosh. Wow. I feel like this is a like a fan, like a grown-up chocolate chip cookie if there's such a thing. Yeah. This isn't yeah, this isn't your chip ahoy cookie. No. <laughs> this is like a It's a little sophisticated. A symphony oh, of cookies. How kind. I I the buckwheat hit me. Mm-hmm. I chewed and chewed and chewed. And then wow! Like a back of the mouth taste. The cardamom? cardamom, yeah, not overpowering. I'm not getting a big. I might want to try the freshly ground. I'm not getting a big old cardamom mm. punch mm. off of this. You gotta, you gotta pay attention because it's fleeting. It was easy enough to make. I'd make it again. I'll tell you, this is a a cookie to be served at a fancy many course meal. Maybe with some some pairings. Uh, uh, with you know some... where I would expect to to taste this cookie. Downton Abbey. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Mrs. Patmore would would have her secret stash of cardamom and absolutely, yeah. No, it's it's a delicious cookie. It's a little more cakey than I like my chocolate chip cookies. Yeah, I, I think I'm not sure if it's if it's. I might have to try it again. I think it's supposed to be a little more chewy. But we can we can work on that and get we back might have to, to our, get back to the lab to our laboratory and see mm-hmm. see what we might change to make it a little chewier. Oh, you know what else is in this, Chris? That I, I, you have done and I haven't done is the brown butter. Oh, tell me more. Yeah, it called for two sticks of butter, and one of them you turn into brown butter, which you're basically like scalding it on the stove. And, yeah. Um. So you you put that in with the dark brown sugar, then you add the rest of the butter and the white sugar, and uh, yeah. So there's a lot. When you said it was a symphony, I think you were right. Actually, there's a lot yeah. of depth yeah. and richness you're releasing those those flavor molecules from the butter and and uh caramelizing the butter fats a little bit in there and that adds another flavor i was going to say it you don't get that buttery hit that you get from a normal chocolate chip cookie you know the classic chocolate chip cookie i should say not right. a normal I almost feel like this. I maybe should have saved this for Chocolate Chip Cookie Month, Mm. but this is just a teaser, guys, for August. Yeah. Oh gosh, we could do like a hundred. Yeah. In a month or so, we're going to be heavy into chocolate chip cookies. So you just you just stay tuned, and we will we will have that. You know, all this talk about flavor molecules in the lab. I did some distillation of cardamom and i had a i had a question that guided my investigation this week and that is what is flavor made of you know it's so interesting that you say that because sometimes i buy things like flavored seltzer and Mm. it has no calories it's just water and flavor Mm -hmm. and i'm like what is the flavor Right, right. So cardamom, did you know that cardamom is one of the most expensive spices by weight in the world? I didn't, no. I just have a jar of it for whatever my (laughs) recipes call for. I don't even know what I use it for. It was in there. And you have no idea how much it costs compared to any other spice. No, I mean, I think I'm aware that like saffron and turmeric are kind of like... I might have to think about my grocery budget for the week that week if yeah. I was buying those. Saffron, definitely. Yeah. Uh, but a major reason for the expense is that everything uh, around the cardamom is done by hand. So the harvest okay. is done by hand. The plants grow on stalks on which cardamom pods grow. And these have to be picked by hand. Once picked, these fresh cardamom pods ha- spoil very rapidly. And they have to be cleaned and dried as quickly as possible. And then once they're dried, they last almost forever. But um, so it's a it's a very delicate operation to delicate begin operation, with. Operation, yeah. Now, cardamom. You you mentioned calories. Most of cardamom is made of starch and some fibers and some proteins, and it's got water in it. And those things, not the water, but the the starches, the fibers, the proteins, all are the caloric part. Mm. Uh, and they all have some flavor to them, but it's those are not the key. Yeah, what is the flavor? Flavor things. What's the, the flavor thing? molecules? There are two. Only two, two in, 
two types of molecules in the I'm shocked. Oh, and co- gonna, I thought you meant there were only two flavor molecules in the world. No, oh, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. There are only two types in the cardamom. And okay. you're, going to be ve- you're going to be even more shocked because it's not these flavor molecules that make the cardamom. Like you can't reproduce the cardamom taste with just these two flavor molecules. You need What's the, happening in you there? You need the starches. You need the fibers. You need the proteins. It's 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 a it's its own symphony. But there's there's a, there's a molecule called one eight cineol, which is uh, carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen. It's C ten H eighteen O. It's also called eucalyptol. It's an oil mm. at room temperature. Is it related to and eucalyptus? As you, might, as you might expect, it's the main component in eucalyptus. And so it's so also it's present. Koalas in, would be to all over this cookie or all what? over this cookie. Uh, it's also present in a lot of other aromatic spices and leaves. The other one is terpenal acetate. Alpha terpenal like acetate. Turpentine? It's kind of, yeah. That's also not something you a, want in your cookie. A carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen. Uh, it's C12, H20, O2. So it's just it just differs by four, five molecules. Such a small change makes such a big From difference. From the cineol, yeah. And this is commonly found in lavender as well. So cardamom has kind of almost a minty relationship and kind of a flowery. You put those two together and you get cardamom. And these are examples of terpenes. You might have heard of terpenes because they're all over the news these days. I have not. Well, here's what we know about terpenes. They create the scents in many plants, like pine, mm-hmm. lavender, fresh orange peel, mm. all of those. Those are good smells. Those are good smells. Also in cannabis. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's been a lot in the news lately uh, in the cannabis world about the importance of the terpene in the effects on humans. And affecting the cannabinoid receptors you in your brain. Are you saying if we eat these cookies, we'll get psychedelic oh. effect? Are we going to get high from these cookies? <laughs> no, you're not. They do have some effect on the cannabinoid receptors in your brain, but it's immeasurable almost. Fair enough. Especially compared to THC in the cannabis. In nature, these terpenes protect the plants from animal grazing or infectious germs. Oh my gosh, plants are so highly evolved. They protect themselves from being eaten by animals. So people really want to believe that these terpenes would have a beneficial effect on humans as well. And the entire science of aromatherapy is based on these flavor and aroma molecules and mostly I still terpenes. don't understand what it is though. Like I'm eating it. What right. like it is a molecule that yeah. it is an oil at room temperature. Okay. I feel like it should and have a calorie if it's an oil. It is in such minuscule amounts wow. that it is not 
It's like super concentrated. Yeah, exactly. It's literally like a molecule. <laughs> several several molecules of it, but right. Uh, and there are, there are some studies like um, there there's a there's a publication called the Chemico-Biological Interaction. Who named that publication? That's right, just some too some much. scientists that and and they say that many terpenes have demonstrated bene- beneficial effects on the body and could serve as alternate medicine or therapies. As I went and looked, these are mostly experiments that have been done in the animal world, anti-inflammatory tendencies in mice, uh, things like that, and have had no double-blind studies as we like to do here in the cookie lab. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I think the the jury's jury's still out. It's not to say that they don't have the effects that... um, that many people believe that they do. It's just that there have not been vast clinical studies. Which is why it's appropriate to be skeptical. As we mentioned in the previous episode, with reasonable certainty. And we we can't say we're reasonably certain as of this point as to the beneficial effects of these terpene molecules or the aroma uh, flavonoids or whatever you want to call them. So just don't even worry about it. Enjoy the cookie and have a good day. Absolutely. And keep munching on this buck, not wheat. Not buck, not wheat. Not buck, not wheat seed cookie. And Keep your paws off them. (laughs) I can't. I can't. I need my paws (laughs) to continue getting them to my mouth. And I'll keep munching until next week when we explore the eight. 1849 gold rush in San Francisco. Love it! And a delicious cookie that is related to the mother dough. Can't wait. All right, see you next week. It's Cookie Lab.